Yes, people. Yo, we are going back. Choose some early jar roll, people. You know what I mean? He fucked up with fire. But in the early days, he did throw out some legitimate fire. But, people, welcome another week of Echoes from the Goddamn Void. What, what? Okay, so, um, yeah, it's been, um, busy. Been a busy week. There's a lot of crazy shit happening in the country. You know what I mean? Was Parliament suspended lawfully? Like, Scotland said, no, yes. But, who knows? It's all crazy, man. We don't even know what's fucking happening in October. Are we leaving? Are we staying? The Lib Dems are like, yo, vote us in and we're staying. I mean, I have to say, I have to say, that that's a G move right there. Because you know, they know Nick Clegg. Them, but set them back. So, yo, this was the play to bring them back in the game. Who knows if it's gonna work? You know what I mean? But um, yeah, I don't know, man. There, there's, there's just some crazy shit going down. You feel me? Um, second week of the NFL. Second week of the NFL. And it's the second week Washington have just shit the bed. Gee, at least last, you know, at least in week one, yo, we looked good in the first half of that game. We looked good, you know? And then it was some loss of concentration. You could be like, all right, all right, reset, do your thing. Against Dallas, oh, we were just shit. We were just terrible. And they need to stop with all the penalties. It's the, I, I, you know what? I don't, I just, I can't imagine we are going to do anything this season. Just how we've been looking, I just, yeah, I don't know. I think this is going to be a bye season. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Fuck it. But things change. Things change. So I'm, I'm going to keep a, a modicum of hope. But, alright. So looking at the news. Looking at the news, right? So now, people. like, And this is kind of fitting because, you know, schools have just gone back. Schools have just gone back, people, which is so fucking good because, god damn it, having those frigging kids around is not fun. It's so irritating. Jeez. But, um, yeah, schools have gone back. And um, Felicity Huffman has just had her day in court. Now, Felicity Huffman, it, I mean... Everyone should know. Everyone should know. It was pretty big news earlier in the year. But so what happened was um yeah, they they, they um she was part of this ring of like parents 
who, um, yeah, worked with some scammers to get their kids into top universities in the States. You know what I mean? So there was a lot of bribery going on. Um, you know, like bribing football coaches and, you know, other coaches on the sports teams. They were paying people. There's this guy. Um, what's this motherfucker's name? Something Singer. Um, something Singer. William. That's it. William Singer. So, like, supposedly this dude was the mastermind in the whole, um, like, exam part of the deal. So, I don't know how, but, yeah, he was taking tests for people and, um, yeah, doctoring results in that way. Uh, which is, yes, just all a crazy thing, and, um, so Hoffman was the first of all the parents to, um, to be tried, (laughs) yeah, so she was the first to be tried, and, um, yeah, gotta say, hey, she didn't do badly, didn't do badly at all, you know what I mean, it was like, <laughs> they, so, she had to pay, um, a $30,000 fine, which, I'm sure, that's not really an issue for her, so she's got to pay a 30000 fine, she has to do 250 um 250 hours of community service as well and she's got 14 days in prison like 14 days in prison which is just ugh i mean what the fuck is that? You know, it's it's pretty, it's pretty rubbish, really. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, because I think the um her legal team had wanted her to uh, just get a year of probation instead of jail time you know, um, community service, and, um, pay a fine, so they said 20, a $20,000 fine, but, um, yeah, the, the, the prosecutors said, um, neither probation nor home confinement in a large home in Hollywood Hills with an infinity pool would constitute meaningful punishment or deter others from committing similar crimes. Which, you know, if you hear that, you think, okay, okay, whoa, oh, they're gonna, they're gonna throw the book at her. 
You know, if they want to make a statement, yo, they, they, you know, they're really going hard. They're going to make a statement on her. (laughs) So, to then get 14 days, 14 days in prison, it's not really a statement. You know what I mean? That's that's not really a statement. And also, like, what's the jail? What's the type of jail she's going to? Because she is probably not going into just a regular jail with um dry cleaner Debbie. You know what I mean? Lunch warden Gladys. She ain't going to be mucking out with those. You know what I mean? So, the, the ty- I imagine the type of prison she goes to, it's not going to be that bad. Four- and 14 days too. 14 days. That's just a little holiday, right? You know, 30,000. That's probably some chump change for her. And even the community service... What actually will she be doing? You know what I mean? What actually will she be doing? So, as she's the first to be tried, and there's you know I mean? there's fifty people that were charged in this scheme. You know, like with all the parents and the athletic coaches and everything like that. Fifty. So she was the first. I'm just saying, like this, and they want to make a statement and all of this. Like, I can't imagine many of the others getting anything crazier or worse. And if you were, you know, this Hollywood actress, right? So if you were just one of the coaches and you got longer in jail... I'd be a bit pissed. I'd be like, yo, how the fuck has she got less time than... You know what I mean? I'd be a bit pissed. So, uh, yeah. So, it's a, it's a weird one. Another, like, a crazy situation is... Because, um... So, Felicity Huffman, she's married to William H. Macy. Who... Like, I remember reading in the earlier report on all of this... He kind of was part of it as well. I think Huffman made the payment, but Macy spoke to the dude as well. So he was involved. He's not getting charged. So he's not getting charged, which is just like interesting. And, um, like, she says her daughter didn't know. She said her daughter didn't know. I'm very suspect on that. Like, obviously, for this, for all of this shit, you'd be like, I fuck it, I'm going to fall on the sword because, you know, we'll pretend you don't know. We'll pretend you don't know. Right? That's what you would do. Because what you know, it makes no sense for everyone to go down in the family, right? But see now, 
my thing with the daughter not knowing is because so she got rubbish test marks right then she resits and kills it resits and kills it now look we all know our uh, you know our um, capabilities so if you you fail the first and then you smash it the second time you're a bit like i don't know what the fuck happened there because yeah i wasn't expecting to get that so straight out the gate like she, you know what I mean? like i just think she would she knew she knew you know, you know i mean you're making these like stupid statements and shit like that but yeah i i would say she knew yeah i would say that um it's just yeah all of this is just it's just crazy man is is just a crazy situation i um you, you know she made a, a, a statement um <laughs> uh it's just funny like she said um when my daughter looked at me and asked me with tears streaming down her face why didn't you believe in me why didn't you think i could do it on my own i had no adequate answer for her i could only say i am sorry i was frightened and i was stupid in my blind panic i've done the exact thing that i was desperate to avoid i you know I, mean? I just think no it's not like because you like all of this would have been calculated right so you know like she knew all right my kid ain't smart enough to get into this spot like we all know that so even if she takes another test it's not gonna go well so all right let's do a little thing here because if you know like because you know how smart your kids are right so if she like maybe they fucked up in the first one so you just be like ah fuck it it was just a blip man they reset be cool because they they kill exams they're great so you wouldn't even worry but yeah they knew they knew it's all a joke man it's all it's all crazy um so i think next up in court is laurie laughlin who uh who her and her husband are both up on this shit and they're pleading not guilty so hey that's gonna be some interesting shit to see what happens with that one but yeah some craziness happening people Woo! all right let's get on to some more crazy shit Yo, so this is a crazy story and I feel bad for business owners in France. I really do. Because um okay, so um <laughs> a, a guy was on a business trip, right? Guy went on a business trip to Paris. Um works for a, works for a, a, a French company, right? Um, so he's 
on a business trip and he uh he's um you know it's the evening and he's thinking i i'm a bit bored let me have a little fun so he goes gets himself a uh a lady of the night you know what i mean um and while doing the do he has a heart attack and dies has a heart attack and dies Right, so <laughs> his family now, um, he his family, as you know, they sued the company, um, for um, yeah, for liability, which just seemed crazy, right? That you know it just seems like a crazy thing but the company has to pay out so this is the deal right so under french law an em- an employer is responsible for any accident occurring during a business trip so doesn't have to be while in meetings or the office could be like you you slip getting out of bed you know break your leg company has to cover all those costs but in this case yeah they they got to pay out the dude's family because of his uh extramarital affair which is just crazy. It, it just seems just an insane situation. You know what I mean? Like you're messing around out of work, but the work has to cover the shit. So um yeah, gotta gotta feel for all those <laughs> French business owners and just people you better hope that your employees are not freaking idiots because otherwise you could be in the shit god damn you know that's some crazy ass shit people boy but yeah if you thought that was nuts get a load of this one Okay, so, with this one, listen, I'm all about, you mean, healthy lifestyle, you know, trying to improve yourself, trying to get healthier, and all of that, you know what I mean, it's important, it's important, right, Um, but we have to realise there are limitations sometimes, you know, sometimes, like, you can't just go straight into a certain thing. You have to build up to it, right? So, now, there's um a woman went to uh, try and join a boot camp, right? So, this was 
in Leicestershire. So she tried to join a boot camp. And um, the, inst- the the guy that's running the, um, the boot camp told the woman that she probably needs to lose a bit of weight first. Then come back to him and they can do something. Okay. So the woman, you know, she's 25 stone, right? So, you know, all power to her for looking to, you know, make a change. But, like, she's like, you know, he, but it's so weird because, like, she says that, um, he like the way she frames the story is it's like oh you know she she was um yeah like he he told her in a certain way right that um it it was a bit you know the it just makes it sound really kind of a, a lot harsher than what actually happened and so now she's like oh and I posted all all of the messages to Facebook because that's what you do nowadays you know what I mean and now all these people are offering help and blah 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 it's just like uh obviously because people want to look good but will they actually do it mm, I don't know so the actual messages you know, at this, so she contacted um, the guy, and he replied, "Hi, Lisa. Hope you're well. Um, I'm sorry to say I won't be able to help you at boot camp. You're, you're <laughs> actually um you're, you're way too heavy now so i hope you get where you want in your fat loss journey in snap gym the very best calls himself buff master and she's like can i ask why that is obviously i know you help people lose weight which is what i'm doing he says yes i do but you've gone too far, sorry, so focus on the gym for at least six months, then let's see where you're at. Like, she keeps on asking, oh, why, 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 why? When, you know, technically, just leave it, because you know it's not going, you know the situation ain't changing, so it's a bit like, what is the point in keeping on? Because you're going to make yourself feel worst. And he then says, yes, you're just too big for my boot camp. That's all. If you lose about five stone, we'll be able to do something. Which I kind of feel, right? So this is the thing. Obviously, he probably could have worded things a bit better. But I've been to, cla- I've been to big like classes and the instructor doesn't have the time to just get to every single person and give them, you know, 
personalised training because it's a big group. So for if you are like really heavy, you won't be able to do all the things. Which you know, for I, I'd probably imagine if you're twenty five stone, you probably want to just do a one on one. I'd say that that's probably going to be the best bet. Do a one-on-one, then you can get more personalized training. And then, yeah, when you're lighter, and that lighter doesn't mean like, oh, she has to get to 15. You know what I mean? Like, when, yeah, 25, I'd say, yeah, get to like just. Get, losing those five stone, getting to 20, she's going to be moving so much more, you know, which would make doing something like a boot camp a lot easier, so, yeah, I'd say, look, he probably could have, you know, like, framed his answer better, but, I'm like I just feel with this, it's it's a ridiculous thing. It's a really like this shouldn't be a new story, right? It shouldn't be a new story. She knows she's really overweight. She knows that. She knows that. So you then must know there's certain things you can't do. Right, so I'm imagining she's not walking up like six flights of stairs. She's going to take the lift because she knows that what she's going to be knackered walking up all those stairs, and that's the thing. So you can't think, all right, I'm just going to go straight into a boot camp. That's it's just not going to work. It's ridiculous. I think that's ridiculous. I don't think it's being told, look, a boot camp isn't for you right now. I don't think that's a bad that's a bad thing to tell someone. You know what I mean? Like, look, I you know if I was him, I'd have been like, hey, don't think boot camp will work for you. Let's do some one-on-ones. Let's do that. Get a personal trainer. You know, I'll help you one on one. Get or get someone else personal trainer. Boom, that's your best bet. And that's the thing. That's the thing. So, yeah, I just think this whole thing is bullshit. Because you know, you've got like all these people going. Oh, it's so horrible. Oh, you should be able to do boot. It's just like, look, we have to be realistic got to be realistic right it's just kind of moronic I think we're just in this situation where people you know they're like they don't want to face reality people don't want to face reality and it's just you have to right we all have to understand there are limitations you know, when we're looking at a barrier-free world, right, what we mean by that is everything should be open if 
if you have the core principles to do that thing, right? Because, you know, I should be able to go to, um, be, you know, be a lawyer if I have the ability to pass my law degree. So that's the thing. There shouldn't be things in your way, but if you don't meet that criteria, you can't complain about it. So if I'm not, if if I don't have the skills to do a law degree, I can't then go. Oh well, I mean, it's out of order. They won't let me, you know, get a law degree. I want to be a lawyer. You know what I mean? I can't. What am I doing? What am I doing? And it's the same with everything. It's the same with exercise. It's the same with sport. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of sports I'm not playing because I can't see shit. So like I learn at school. Like I remember playing cricket at school. Yeah, that's not the sport for me. When, you know, (laughs) after nearly getting a cricket ball in the head, I was a bit like, yo, you know what? I'm done. I'm not, yeah, this game ain't for me. Same with tennis. I'm like, why am I trying to play fucking sports with like crazy fast things flying at my face? It's not smart. It's not smart. So I was just like, okay, I will do something else. You have to understand your limitations. So all of this, this whole crazy boot camp thing is bullshit. And, it, 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 you know what I mean? It's, yeah, I think it's, you know, what the, the state of what we are becoming. This whiny fucking... Entitled bunch of assholes. So I think that's what that's what's happening. That is what is happening. And um, yeah, kind of ties into the next situation. Okay, so this this final piece really jarring to me. It's really frigging irritating and I thought we had gone past it you know I mean I thought we had got to a place where people understood nuance you know I mean understood content intent you know but it seems no we're not there we're nowhere near right so on the 12th of September SNL announced new cast members, and one of those cast members was Shane Gillis. And um, Shane Gillis, he's he's a funny comedian. You know what I mean? Like now, uh, like he's usually on a lot of the podcasts that I listen to. You know, Legion of Skanks, Real Ass Podcast. He's been on those. Um, yeah, a whole heap of, like, different podcasts, man, Shane is there, um, and he's funny, he's got his own podcast, like, he's a funny motherfucker, right, now, do, like, obviously, 
with a, this, and it's the same with everyone. There's sometimes there's bits that you're like, eh, ah, that would, I didn't like that as much, and yeah, that was fine. But then there's others that you just like, yo, I can't stop laughing, man. And that's comedy, man. That's the beauty of comedy. There's something for everyone, you know. Um, so yeah, on the 12th of September. Shane Gillis got announced as one of the new cast members of SNL. I don't watch SNL. I don't really care about SNL. But I understand the reach of the show. I understand what it is. So to have someone like Shane Gillis join the team, it's just like, yo, that's big, man. That is big. And and it's big when you think of certain types of comedy you know what I mean and comedians that are just hey they're just putting it out there they're not playing it safe you know I mean they're just doing them and for a comedian like that to get on you're like yo this is great man this is awesome straight away Jesus Christ, straight away, the haters got a hate, so people came out, and they started circulating things, and hating, going, SNL should sack Shane Gillis, oh, last year, Shane Gillis, you know, he, 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 um, he said some comments on a podcast, right, so they circulated, people circulated this this clip from a podcast a year ago, so it was September 2018, okay, September 2018, and they're like, oh, he said this stuff, oh, it's terrible, like, he, you should ban him, you should ban him, like, take him off, take him off, you know, instead of just like, yo, well done, Shane, you did your thing, man, all these years, You've been putting in work and you've got this. That's awesome. That's awesome. Other people, you you look, you could have been, ah, Shane's not my cup of tea. But I understand that there's like, what, 10 different people up on SNL. So, hey, if SNL's an hour, Shane might be on it. Uh, 10 minutes If that you know, When you split it between all the comedians And everything like that And the time that he will be on your So if he's not your thing It's fine You're not going to get huge doses He's not going to be on an hour straight Like doing jokes And also Those sketches are written with the team so it's going to be a di- different tone to any comedian's individual stuff, right? So, hey, they could have just gone, you know what, yeah, he's not my thing, but whatever, it's it's all good. There's loads of other people on the show that I really like. But no, people came out trying to get him sacked, trying to get him sacked. And, like, the good... <laughs> It, it pisses me off because you you have... So, when the piece came out in 2018, 
right? 2018. And you had... No one came out with statements then. No one came out with things then. It's like you had... You've got this fucking... The Good Good Comedy Theatre who put out a tweet. No need to do it, but they felt, oh, really, let's put out a tweet and try and make ourselves look big. So they said, we, like many, were very quickly disgusted by Shane Gillis's overt racism, sexism, homophobia, transphobia, expressed both on and off stage. Upon working with him years ago, we've deliberately chosen not to work with him in the years since. And, hey, firstly, that's bullshit, right? Because Gillis, he, like, he is peoples with gay, black, trans comedians, right? So, listen, you you understand what racism and all those isms are. Okay, when that shit, you you have that shit thrown at you all the time, all the time, you understand when things are said, the context in which they have been said to you, you understand that, yeah, so someone might make, say something, and you'd be like, actually, look, I, you know what, I know you didn't mean anything when you said that, but you know what? Like, can you not? And you'll be, oh, I'm sorry. Boom, done. Because you know they didn't mean it in a certain way, right? But, hey, when someone comes up to you and says something with hatred and venom in their voice, yeah, you know the fucking difference, man. You know the difference so it's really disingenuous when you have these people making these claims that like a comedian is this because they made a joke because they made a joke like we understand it's a joke you know what I mean it's clear someone is trying to be funny so they're making a joke because that's what you, that's what comedians do, they want to, it's about trying to make people laugh, and when you say something crazy and fucked up, people laugh, you, because it catches you off, and you're like, well, what, oh shit, that's hilarious, ah, and you, it's, that's the thing, like, look, I wouldn't call myself a comedian, I have done stand-up, I have gone and done open mics, and yeah, you're trying to say funny things, you're trying to capture that lightning in a bottle, you know you like, especially when you're like the 10th comic up, when you're the 10th motherfucker up, after all these people before you have done their jokes, you're like, yo, I I need to say something. I don't want to say the same old shit that these people have been saying. I need to do something else. Like, and what's my brand of funny? So you try things. Sometimes they hit, sometimes they don't. 
You know, sometimes you think, okay, I think if I polish that, if I enter it differently, it would work. But you have to try. It's the thing, you have to try. And frankly, you could be, like, anyone could be offended by anything. You know, people can choose to be offended. Like, I, 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 someone I used to know, right, they used to come to um, some of my sets, and I made a joke about, um, like, people being friends with their parents, right, and didn't make it, didn't mention names, didn't say anything, it wasn't directed at anyone individually, so I get off, guy I went with was like, oh, my daughter's friends with her mum, so are you saying that, I'm like, did I say her fucking name, no, so obviously I'm not saying that, it's a joke, it's being funny, right, so whatever you say, and I, you know, there was no, uh, you know, this joke wasn't uh, like about like sex. It wasn't about God. It wasn't. So there was nothing really that you go, oh, oh, you shouldn't say. But he chose to be offended, right? So and like, if you really want to pick things apart, people could be offended by anything. But what's that? So people shouldn't even try and be funny? In a comedy club? You know I mean, this is the thing. In a comedy club or on a comedy podcast. That's the thing. It's not like they, you go into an office and you say these things, right? They are in the confines of places where people are trying to tell jokes, that's the thing, right? And yeah, I realize I would, it's a slight tangent, but it all, you know what I mean? It's all part of this, man. But unfortunately, Saturday Night Live, Saturday Night Live, they decided to um, let Gillis go let Gillis go, now see, this is the thing, right, so it's all coming out going, Saturday Night Live fired Shane Gillis, now, I think fired is, I don't think you can use fired in, you know what I mean, this, this wording, especially when you look at what SNL said, so, um, SNL said, we want um, we want SNL to have a variety of voices and points of view within the show and we hired Shane on the strength of his talent as a comedian and his impressive audition for SNL. Um, you know, so that's why they hired him, right? And they said that they'd come to the decision after talking with him, so you know what I mean, they've spoken with him, so they're like, listen, it's going to bring heat, so what do you think, alright, so maybe you, you don't join this season, right, so that's a mutual agreement, we decided not to proceed with Shane on this season, just say that, 
just say that but to be like yeah we fired him we fired him you gutless pieces of shit yeah that's all that's what i think you gutless pieces of shit and then they said like they they put this out as well said we weren't we were not aware of his prior remarks that have surfaced over the past few days. The language he used is offensive, hurtful and unacceptable. We are sorry that we did not see these clips earlier and that our vetting process was not up to our standard. That is bullshit. Okay? That's bullshit. It's because when you look at the, the climate we are in, and how these things have been happening over the last couple of years. So, they knew, SNL knew, they knew that Shane, you know what I mean, like, tries, he swings, you know what I mean, he makes attempts. They knew that shit. But, i tell you what probably happened. They knew... But they, they, they'd heard the stuff. They'd probably heard the, that exact clip. And were just like, this ain't, yeah, no one can make any deal out of this. This ain't hateful. This is Jane trying to be funny. That's all that is. And it was one clip from 2018, right? It was from then. It, it, I think it'd be a, a completely different thing if they pulled up a clip of Shane saying something last month. No one's done that. So, SNL had heard the stuff and thought, no one can say anything because it's not... You can tell he's trying to be funny. He's trying to tell jokes. Yeah, this is fine. We're hiring Shane. Then... All of this shit happened. So now they're trying to pretend. Oh, we didn't know. Oh, oh, we're so sorry. We didn't know. We didn't understand. Fuck you, you gutless pieces of shit. You're the crazy thing about all of this is when um James Gunn got sacked by Disney. You no, know, James Gunn got sacked by Disney from making Guardians of the Galaxy 3. So, got sacked, loads of people came out, the cast came out, other people at Marvel came out, other actors and stuff came out, it's like, yo, James is a, he's a good guy, he's a good guy, and also, we've worked with James for 10 years making these films, we've been around him on set, long ass days on set, so we know the kind of person he is, he's a good guy, fast forward, I think it was like, what, six months, maybe a year, I think it was six months, Disney rehires him, they rehire him, so, you're kind, I, I was kind of thinking that, when you have someone like Disney rehiring someone like that, after the, the crazy shit, that happened online, you kind of think, okay, people are getting this, people are getting that we can make attempts, we can, you're, if you're trying to be funny, you're trying something, but you understand, they, you know what I mean, they're not hurtful, horrible people, there's a difference, you know what I mean, there's a complete 
difference. But no, obviously, people haven't learned from, you know what I mean, Disney having a realisation. And it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's just a shame, man. It's a crazy shame. A few, um, a lot of comedians have come out on, on the, you know, to support Gillis. Um, like Rod Schneider put out a tweet. He said, Dear Shane Gillis, as a former SNL cast member, I am sorry that you had the misfortune of being a cast member during this era of cultural unforgiveness. Um, where comedic misfires are subject to the intolerable inquisition of those who never risked bombing on stage themselves. And Bill Burr and Jim Jeffries also commented. Um, so Jeffries, um, you know, he said, um, the move was just a symptom of cancel culture. The guy shouldn't have been fired it's just a couple of things back in his history. Are we going to go through everyone's history? Or are we going to get every sketch that SNL has done that involves race? Burr said, did they go back and also try and look at the good things the person might have done? Or are they just looking for the bad stuff? Yeah, that's the big thing, right? You could do that to anybody. I don't get it. Millennials, you're a bunch of rats. None of them care. All they want to do is get people in trouble. Which is true. Because I bet if you looked back through... Because this is the 45th season of SNL, right? So I bet if you looked at all the stuff that... um. You know, all, all, all the stuff that SNL have done over the years, I bet there have been sketches that are questionable. I bet that there is language that you're just like, yo, today we couldn't use that. But I imagine those, those episodes are still available. I bet SNL hasn't taken those episodes down. Or bleat out the words. Or anything like that. No. Because it's bullshit. It's all bullshit. Like no one has gone and said. Hey Gillis. He um he helps out at a shelter every week. You know. He, he, he donates to this food bank. He does. No one's looking at the other stuff that he does. It's just. I'm just tired of all of this. Because. Look. When you have faced racism on a, a daily basis, a daily basis, you understand the difference. And so to just throw it out there and go, oh, that's horrible. No, it's not. And it just dilutes from any real situation. It really does. But um, yes, I realize this has been a long rant. But... I think it's, um, yeah, I think it's things that we should talk about because we, we don't want to get to a point where people can't tell jokes, you know what I mean? We, we don't want to be in that place because the world will be shitty, crazy shitty, but um, yeah, so um, all right.
let's get to some other stuff, okay, so, um, yeah, I went to uh, the South Bank Centre, they had their Africa Utopia um, festival over the last weekend, so, um, yeah, we can talk about that, okay? Okay, so, just finished at the Black Film Renaissance, it was... It was one of the Africa Utopia events at the South Bank. Um, And, um, yeah, it was, it was interesting, you know. Um, So, uh, yeah, the website says this. Consider the power of black uh, perceptives at our panel discussion with screenwriter Noel Clarke. Actor Natalie Emmanuel, actor David Gayassi, um, and it chaired by filmmaker Simon Frederick. From Spike Lee's 1986 breakthrough, She's Gotta Have It, to 2015's Oscars So White scandal and the phenomenon of Black Panther in 2018. How has the film industry celebrated and denied diversity? Is being seen enough to count as representation? Uh, So yeah, as mentioned, BAFTA winner Noel Clarke is best known for the script of Kidult and writing directing and starring in the sequels adulthood and brotherhood now a hollywood heavyweight in star trek into darkness clark prides himself on foregrounding new talent through production company unstoppable entertainment um missandei in game of thrones ramsey In The Fast and the Furious, Natalie Emmanuel has been part of some of the best-loved franchises of our time. It is safe to say this talent has come a long way since Hollyoaks. Um, Where else are we? David Gayassi is a British actor best known for his roles in Cloud Atlas and Interstellar, as well as the lead role of Lex Carnum in the CW miniseries Containment. This year, he has taken on the leading role of Agrius in the Amazon series Carnival Row. And the chair is British artist and filmmaker Simon Frederick is known for his incisive and arresting work. He conceived, produced and directed the award-winning series Black is the New Black for BBC Two. The portraits he shot during filming went on to become the largest acquisition of African-Caribbean sitters by the National Portrait Gallery. Frederick's recent critically acclaimed documentary, Black Hollywood, They've Gotta Have Us, has received 
a prestigious Royal Television Society nomination and has been shortlisted by the Grierson Documentary Awards. Um, so yeah, that was who was at the event. Um, and um, yeah, I, I, there was a, like a number of kind of questions and, and, and things like that that were asked. You know, trying to approach the topics, um, you know, during the, uh, during the course of, it was probably about 90 minutes. I mean, maybe two hours even, you know, thinking about it. Um, and it was interesting, you know. I, I, I think it was interesting in, like, some of the stuff that was kind of talked about and the perspectives that we got. You know, I think Noel Clark was probably, I think he gave the best insight, I feel, during the panel. And that is, I think, because the, the fact that he's, you know, a writer, a producer, director, and an actor. So he has... A lot of different perspectives and insights into the industry. So I think that that was really useful, you know. I think one of the things that he was talking about was um, the, the way certain things can be done now. What, when they couldn't have been done, say, five years ago. And um, he talked about, like, global viewership helping to change things um because you know when they're looking at actors they can go okay so this person has like films on say netflix so he's getting kind of a viewership throughout the world you know like his Instagram is this, his Twitter is this, and so they can use those things to help kind of project where they think a film may go in the box, you know, with its takings and everything like that. But, you know, it, it is still all about budget. But, you know, I, I, I do feel that's something that, like, yeah, it makes sense. You know what I mean? Because they, and as as well, you know, that's not just a, a black ethnic thing. Because there's other actors, there's been white actors. When I've heard directors talk about and say, oh, I really wanted this guy. But, you know. The studio didn't see him as big enough, so we went for Tom Cruise instead. You know, so I think that's when it comes to um, casting. I think you know the numbers affect everyone, but you know it especially can affect 
when trying to cast, um, you know, non-white actors and actresses. So, I think, yeah, Noel's insight was really good. Um, uh, like, Simon Fredericks, like, he makes good documentaries and everything like that. I don't think he was a great chair of the panel, though. You know, it's just because it was like a lot of the, the, the it was the way he phrased questions and the way he tr- kind of led things. It wasn't done in a in a really inclusive way. You know, and like because. You know, he started off talking about, you know, is it a black renaissance? But, so the way he framed it was like he thought it was. Then when everyone's a bit like, eh, you know, renaissance ain't even the word. Then he's like, oh, no, 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 yeah, I think. And it's just a bit like, and that happened a lot. Where he, you know. He's talking, but he it sounds like he's going one way. And then when everyone else is thinking something else, then he's all, oh, no, that's what I thought. Yeah, 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 I'm down with that. I'm down with that, too. And we didn't... I, he doesn't... Uh, it's, it's frustrating because, you know, it's not that he was terrible or anything like that. Some of his insights, some of the things he was saying was just a bit like off. Like Moonlight became a big hit through social media. Moonlight was like doing really well on the festival circuit. So Moonlight got a buzz from that. That's how Moonlighting got how it is. You know, it got a big buzz from the festival circuit. Then it was getting really good reviews, write-ups and talk-ups by people. So then people jumped on it. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't, oh, like it was doing nothing. Then everyone was talking about it on Twitter. And then it became a big, no, that's not what happened at all. So it's just like, it's a weird thing to say, you know. Um. And it was just some stuff like that. He, like, I, he didn't... Because as I said, look, Noel Clark really gave some really good insights. You know? Because people... Like, there was a Q&A section and people were talking and, like, asking questions about... um, Yeah, like, how can I get to here? And, like, I want to be this, but what do I have to do? And he's just like, you know, you have to become what you want rather than, you know, expecting other people to give it to you. So just strive, just work. If you're not getting roles, write something. You know what I mean? Like, if, if you feel that you should be getting more, maybe produce. Like, if you can't find a director, maybe try it yourself. So he's saying to, you know what I mean? Like, if you want these things, if you want this stuff to happen, hey, try and move that marker yourself rather than, you know, 
putting yourself at other people's bequest. And that's it. I think that was important for a lot of people to hear. Because it did seem that a lot of people weren't in that mindset. You know? So, like, I think these sort of things are interesting. Um, but it, it sometimes it's not... Like... <sighs> I think you can you can understand everything that's being discussed and talked about. It does sound like a lot of times like other people don't seem to get it. So once when they hearing this, you know, when, when these people were talking about these things and the way they would approach them, I think that's really helpful for a lot of people. Because then they start to change the way they think, you know, and, um, hey, put, start to put things into focus, and, um, yeah, but, you know, if after going to something like this, you, you still, you're still not doing it, hey, it's just not for you, you know what I mean, it's just not for you, but that's fine, that's fine, because, you know, it's the same in everything if you're not prepared to put the work in hey you 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 know what I mean you can't expect to reap the rewards and all of that but uh yeah you know it was uh, yeah it was an interesting it was an interesting event um like natalie emmanuel like she had some good perspectives to, to um offer as well you know um, so it was very interesting to hear, like, some of the situations she's found herself in, and the fact that she decided to, you know what I mean, value her own wealth, worth even, value her own worth, and step away, you know, and that's important, it's very important, because I think, when people don't, you lead, you know what I mean, it can lead to, like, pay disparity and things like that, so you have to make a stand sometimes, and, um, like, uh, David Gayasi, like, he was funny, like, um, I think he didn't offer anything groundbreaking, and I think that's only because we'd heard it already from Noel, but he did bring, like, this level of humour and fun to the panel, so yeah, no, it was a, it was a good time, it was, it was well worth, um, attending, so yeah, it was a, it was a good time. Okay, so, another, yeah, another Africa Utopia event, this time, it was the music that made us. Um, and, like, okay, so the website says this. How does the music made by black artists from Afrobeat to drill, hip-hop to grime, explore the breadth of blackness? At a panel discussion with guest speakers, Stone Boy, um, King Smade, uh, Shaka, and K 
Carleen from um, Rockefeller Records. Uh, yeah, examine how music reflects and defines cultures. How do we match the beats of heritage rhymes with contemporary roots or notes? What is the music that made us and how does it offset our truths? Um, yeah. So this event, this was chaired by um, DJ Semtex. Um, and it was it was interesting but i don't think it really it didn't really address a lot of these subjects you know what i mean um i mean some things got touched upon but not not really like not in any depth like I think some of the really interesting parts were um I think the like the combat the, the 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 breakdowns you know um yeah the the breakdowns from uh Shaka and um Carleen that was really interesting uh because we um got a real understanding of like how they got into the game and what their their mindsets were about everything do you know what i mean so like from working with jay and kanye and just the way they see music and everything like that. I think one, like, a big thing from this was because, like, it got into a conversation. And especially with the Q&A's part about um, people, like, breaking into America and, like, some people feel that you know America has a thing against British artists and wants to keep America just for American like artists and stuff like that and they were just like no like it's hard enough just to break anyone you know what I mean it's just like only 10% of your artists like become huge stars or stars and only 10% of that 10% become huge you know what I mean and so it's a bit like when it's this situation no one's like trying to hold other people back it's just what it is it's hard to you know what I mean to, for your stuff to break when it's hard for other people to break and also, it, it, you know, she talked about, or they talked about, the fact that when you, like, you can't just be like, oh, I, you know, that's my, my one goal, to do this. Your goal should be to make great music. 
Because then that's when you transcend barriers. That's when you break markets. You know, because if you're trying to force your way into a market, you know, you, you like, because we've seen people make the wrong collaborations and then their fan base kind of drifts off because they're just like, oh, what, what the fuck was that? You know, so you have to be authentic um, and produce music authentic to you. And that makes sense. You know what I mean? But it was, like, it was an odd panel. Um, I, th- I think from the response, the the point that um like the Semtex, I think he was better than Fredericks Simon Fredericks, as a chair. But like he didn't really like, you know, the beginning part. It yeah, it wasn't great. Yeah, I don't think he he did a great job at the beginning, but he handled the Q and A well. I think that's when he really kind of, you know, shined during the Q&A and being able to break down some of the questions into easier to digest, um, you know, information for people. Because sometimes people would ask something and the, the, you know, the panel were just like, what? I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, you know. So yeah, it, he was good in that respect, and I think Smade and Stoneboy gave really interesting um, insights to what they were doing and like the Afrobeat kind of culture. Smade though needs to talk into his frigging microphone. So frustrated! Oh my god, like ah. Everyone else was holding the mic up and talking into the mic. Smade for a, you know, I think the majority held the mic way too low. And it was hard to hear what the fuck he was saying. God damn it. And that's a shame because he was interesting. Uh, But yeah, you know, it was... I think because sometimes when Biz Charlene and Shaka were, they had some interesting insights, you know, and I think their perspective on the music industry and everything like that was great. I think oftentimes when, you know, Semtex asked them questions, it was more like, oh, so you work with Jay and Kanye. You know, that was the. Like that seemed to be the framing of most of the questions, rather than just, yo. So you, you know, what I mean, what's your insight on this, or what's your, you know, what I mean, and that was a bit of a shame. You know, that was a bit of a shame. The Q and A, mad frustrating. Like people were asking the dumbest. They're just asking dumb shit. You read like, oh, um, I want to do this. How do I? And it's just like, yo, you have to produce good music. You mean that was the thing? It, 
like I don't like Q and A's when people are just asking, like people asking for handouts. You know what I mean? And 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 stuff like that. And like everyone's like starting their question with, so I'm I'm a writer, and um, like I wrote a really interesting piece about blah blah blah. And it's like no one gives a fuck. Ask a question. You know what I mean? Ask a goddamn question. Fools. But yeah. It like there was a lot there was interesting insights. But yeah, it was kind of unorganized. Was kind of unorganized. But um yeah, you know, these things happen. These things happen. Like I would have liked to have had a more um you know what I mean like okay so how did you like breaking in what were your challenges like you know what I mean what are the barriers you faced how did you overcome those barriers you know what I mean that kind of because I thought that's what it would be and like what are the things that you know what I mean? You hold true to what are your ideals? What is you mean this kind of stuff? That's the kind of stuff that really interests me, you know. But yeah, I mean, just hearing like I did, as I said, look, I think the things that Charlene and Chaka had to say were important, and I think Smaid and um, Stoneboy also had interesting things about you know the afrobeat culture because it was just like look you know it's afro afrobeat afro soca afro like they all kind of come from the same place so i mean like you should try all of them you should open yourself up to this idea you know because it's all interesting and giving, I think, like, I guess making yourself kind of um, open to the idea of, like, working with the right people and trying to grow rather than, because this is the problem that we have in the music industry, because I've messed around in the music industry, and it's like you work with some people and they climb up the ladder, then they kick the ladder down, you know. And it's like, look, we need to work together to build this shit. And that's what their mindsets were. So that's good to see, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah. There was interesting parts to this. Interesting parts. Uh, mm, yeah. It wasn't terrible. It was it was messy, but wasn't terrible, you know. But yeah, that's yeah. It was the music that made us. So there, that's Africa Utopia done. It's done now, man. But um, yeah, I don't know. Let's get into um, let's get into some of the other shit, okay? Okay, people. So um, yeah. UFC Fight Night 158 UFC Vancouver. It's all done now, man. 
all done. Ah, god damn, the Rogers Center was rocking. Man, another lot of great fights. Another lot of great fights. And you think last week we had Ab or Abu Abi Abu Dhabi? Abu Dhabi, yes. Boom, said it right. So um yeah, coming off that card, it was like, oh how you know, can this card can this card give us some more great fights? And it did. God damn it did, people. Had some awesome action. You know? Like Uriah Hall, Antonio Carlos Jr., great fight. Misha Serkanov, Jimmy Crew. Ah, what a great ass fight, people. You know, that's the main card. On the undercard, oh my days. On the undercard, yo, we had Lewis Schmoker against Ryan McDonald. That was crazy. That was crazy. Mycin Tabura against Augusto Saki. Another awesome fight. A really good fight, people. And, oh man, uh, uh, you, you might have seen highlights, but Michel Pereira against Tristan Connolly. This fight was bananas. But, you know, I'm going to give you the first, the you know, the main fight of the card. So we had Donald Cowboy Cerrone against Justin Gaethje. And, um, you know, I think the build-up, people are thinking Gaethje will win this fight. I'm kind of thinking Cowboy is looking crazy loose. So, you know, if he can come in like he did against Ferguson... Where, you know, he's a slow star. But in that fight, he, he utilized a jab, a lot of movement. He was good in that first round. You know, I mean, real good in that first round. So you're thinking, do that, get to the second round, start, you know, man, you're loose now. Now you can highlight it. You know what I mean? You can land those shots, utilize your kicks. Maybe take it to the ground. Do your thing, Cowboy. Right? Fight starts and Cowboy is looking stiff. Real stiff. Real tentative. Just not looking the same Cowboy. You know, it was, it was a strange-ass strange situation. Can't explain it. Really can't explain it. Um, but yeah. That, that, that's what we get. Um, Gaethje, he's landing first in every exchange. He's utilizing his leg kicks. Um, you know, Cowboy's blocking some, but, you know, Gaethje's just pushing forward. Now, every time they exit an exchange, Cowboy's hands are down and he's getting caught. And, yeah, that was... That was the earmark for this fight, you know what I mean? Because, yo, know, it was probably a minute left in the round. They're exiting an exchange. Gaethje lands a heavy-ass hook on Cowboy. Cowboy goes down. 
he is clearly rocked. Clearly rocked. Yo, he, he's just kind of turtled. Just kind of turtled. Gaethje lands a couple of shots. He's looking at the referee. Referee should be stopping the fight right now. Referee ain't stopping the fucking fight. He's just looking at Gaethje like, yeah, continue, man. Just keep on throwing. Eventually, referee stops the fight, which was good. Definitely good. Um, But, yeah. Gaethje, another first-round stoppage, man. You know what I mean? James Vick, Edson Barbosa, now Donald Cerrone. I did appreciate the fact that he called for the winner of Ferguson, Khabib. Didn't call for a straight Khabib fight. You understand Tony should get that first fight. So he's called for the winner. So yeah, be interesting to see what happens with that. For a full-ass breakdown and a bit more, yo, go download this week's Chin Check, man. And you will get all that goodness, alright? So, um, let us get into our, um, yeah, what did we watch this week? Hmm. Okay, people, so, um, yeah, look, this, um, well, last Thursday, Netflix put a new show up. It was a limited series called The Island. Um, yeah, so, um, yeah, not island, but it's an I stroke land. Uh, it's, um, it was created by Anthony Salter and executive produced by Neil Labute, Chad Oaks, Mike Frislev, and starring Kate Bosworth. Natalie Martinez, Ronald Pete, Kyle Schmid, Giles Geary, Sabila Dean, Anthony Lee Medina, Cotta Eberant, Michelle Vintimilia, and Alex Pertifier. Um, yeah, so yeah, it came out on the 12th. Um, seven episodes, about 40, 42 minutes an episode, and, um, the breakdown is this, okay, so 10 people wake up on the beach of what appears to be a deserted tropical island, none of them have any memory of who they are or how they got there. And each takes on the name that is printed on their clothes tags. The group make initial attempts to band together. But differing priorities and strong personalities cause some of them to clash. In particular, Chase who wants to investigate the island doesn't get along with KC. Who is suspicious of Chase's ability to find resources and Brody, who attempts to rape Chase. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's in, it's, like, interesting from, like, you know, the, the whole introduction and everything like that. Uh, 
you're like um uh, I th- I mean look you you definitely get a a lost vibe from it you know when you saw the people lying on the beach and everything like that you're like oh well I I hope it's better than lost <laughs> um but then you notice things like yeah they're all in the same clothing basically and they're all kind of spaced the same distance apart and and stuff like that and so it's like hmm okay there's something to this but I think you know I think like it's interesting and it's kind of irritating in the same vein okay um so what i found out after the fact was that supposedly in the trailer um that there's this twist and it's revealed but that doesn't really shock me because i remember seeing the trailer for us after watching us and noticing that, yeah, they kind of spoiled elements of the film in the trailer. And that seems to be a big thing. You know what I mean? You kind of reveal far too much in trailers. But, yeah, I don't watch the trailer. So I was fine. You know what I mean? I was, I was fine coming into this, uh, you know, with no spoilers and all of that. Uh, but, you know, I think... Like there's, you know, straight away, everyone is really just combative, really combative, straight out the gate, which, yeah, it seems a bit weird, like, definitely seems a bit, like, look, you've all just woken up in this weird situation, and instead of, like, oh, so what do you think we should do? And blah, blah, blah. They're like, I'm not listening to you. Don't talk to me. And all of this. And it's a bit like, okay, would would they really act like that? You know what I mean? Like, are they really going to be like this? And then you have them like, oh, I'm going to go off and explore. And you're just like, you're on an island but you're going you're gonna go off on your own that makes no sense you know so there's a lot that I think goes on that yeah I was a bit like that doesn't make any sense do you know what I mean like why are the people going to do that because like no one knows what's happening you know what I mean? Like, no one essentially knows the lay of the land. So you would think there would be levels of caution. But there's just not. So it may, like, you know what I mean? It, it, it just seemed like there's a lot happening just to take the story to a place rather than being a logical kind of... um occurrence so that 
is a bit frustrating, you know, because there was no regard to um, things that are going on and the situation and and that kind of thing. You know, so yeah, like I found that a bit jarring. You know, like there was just no caution. Like there's a bit um when they're walking through the jungle and there's a big there's a big lake kind of thing. Now it's not clear water. Alright, it's not clear water. But they just go wading through. And it's a bit like, okay, so you don't know. There could be pythons in there, there could be um crocodiles, alligators, like Anything like that, piranhas, you don't know what the hell is in that water, but you're just wading through, just wading through, no cares in the world, and also, they're going through the jungle a lot, now there's, um, we see tropical birds, and sometimes there'll be a camera shot that's close up to some leaves and branches, and you'll see spiders on them and stuff like that, but yeah, people just walking through the jungle No one's ever getting bitten by a spider or a snake Like we're not seeing any um, Predatorial animals You know, just nothing Which kind of makes you think Like, really? You know what I mean? Would, they be, would you be that lucky? That lucky to be able to have that much free reign with no sort of predator or just dangerous like bugs or anything there you know so so there's that that's a big kind of issue again like everyone's like oh let's go swimming in the sea yeah yeah that's a great idea let's go swimming in the sea and yeah like what you think might happen ha- did actually happen but i think that that's just um predictable you know what i mean you you like when everyone's just like oh fuck it yeah i'm going to go and everyone just jumps in the city you're just like okay yeah something's going to go down obviously um, and it did, right, then we have shit happening from that, that's just, yeah, like, you're just, like, okay, if you're on a desert island, and, you know, there's no medicines or anything like that, a cut, you're, that's getting infected. Cuts getting infected. Do you know what I mean you're getting gangrene? There's all. You know what I mean people aren't surviving that kind of shit. So there's stuff that's happening that really makes no sense. You know because these people, they're just acting really. They're just reckless. They're acting real reckless. Real. Dumb, real stupid. 
You know, there's no real regard. Then there's shit that happens which would make you think there would be a level of caution. You know what I mean? Because you don't know any of these people. So, you'd think, right? Don't know anyone, so you would think that you then have to be cautious of both parties for the time being. But no. Like, it's just taking sides. Uh, And in a weird way. In a real weird way. Like, other people can do certain things which, for a second, everyone's a bit like, oh, oh, what are you doing? Then the next minute, everyone's buddies again. But then they turn on someone else. So it's it's a weird, a weird situation. And to be honest, you're not liking anyone. No one is that likable. Because... You'll, you'll see people have, a, a like, a conversation that seems normal. And then the next minute, for no real reason, they've sided with these other people and they're turning on someone. And you're just like, oh, um, yeah, I'm confused. That makes no sense. What the fuck is going on here? Yeah, this is real weird. Like, this big thing happens. Um, I think it's in episode three. So this big thing happens And like they're accusing this person of doing this big thing But no one like thinks of just the rational things The rational proof right So you'd be like okay so there's no soap on this island So clearly if someone had done this thing there would be evidence on them. There'd be no way that they could have hid, like, the um, the fallout, let's say. But yeah, no one, no one thinks of that. And you're just like, really? You're not, what? That, yeah, such a weird one. Such a weird one And Like there's this one character I mean I think I can say Chase right So she's Like they find an axe and a knife And She's the one walking around with both of those But no one's like Yo I like one person like says something really But no one else really kind of Says anything about it It's a bit like Wait How the fuck is it that you have both Weapons I mean surely Like you know I mean we should be sharing this shit So why is it that You're the And there's just it's just things like This like, people find stuff and they hoard it. But it's a bit like... Right, so what's the evidence here for you to not be sharing this? Like, the, you know what I mean? There's no real... Like, things don't happen for people to act the way that they're acting. So that's really weird. I I do think seven episodes is the right amount. You know, I, I think any more... 
and this is getting super padded out. But I think an a big issue with this is we don't really get any kind of any focus on a lot of the characters. So we don't give a fuck about so many of these people, you know, because we don't know anything, there's no focus on them, so yeah, why am I caring about this person, like, this one could die, don't care, and even you've shown a few flashbacks on this one person, it's not enough for me to have any sort of interest, right, because, yeah, so there's no real depth to anyone, which is a shame, because, like, this, like, the co- for the, this concept to really work, to really work, you need to be invested in the people, you need to be like, oh, what's gonna happen to them, oh, man, oh, I'm really down for that person, Urgh. Jerry, you need that, and that, yeah, that's just, yeah, that's not the case here. So that's a big shame. Um, yes, so there is a big twist to it all. And that kind of gets revealed in episode three. I'm, I don't, I've, I've been trying to think about this and whether that was too early to drop it. You know, I, I, I think maybe another episode building the characters might have been in order. And maybe the big twist comes midway in episode four. Or maybe even episode five. You know? I, I just think the longer we go without the twist and you just build this current kind of iteration I think that helps on a suspense level and it helps for you to kind of have some sort of connection with the characters now as I said look they did spoil this twist with the trailer so I don't know if they're thinking "Eh, most people probably watch the trailer so it doesn't even matter when we drop this new information so yeah they might have been thinking that who knows but yeah um when we do get into this new kind of bit this kind of added layer I, I think some of the stuff going on is a bit like, uh, I'm not buying all of this. Like, you know what I mean? Because you can have someone go to the army and all of this, but to have them beat up all these people, it's a bit like, I, I, I don't know. I'm not buying that. Like, you could be the hardest, craziest person. You know, you can get some shots in on, like, one, two, three people. But I think that's, that's the limit. Like, when there's overwhelming odds, you lose. You lose every time. So, yeah, there's stuff happening that uh, you're just like, I don't know. 
don't know. Because you're trying to build this this a certain person up. You're trying to build this certain person. But even then, there's not enough for you to really care about this person. You know what I mean? I'm like, you know, come there, I just didn't care. I didn't really care. Which is, you know, it's a problem. Because if I'm not caring, then I don't really have any investment in the show. So, I yeah, I mean, more work could have been done on that front, I feel. It definitely could have. I mean, the, the concept isn't bad. The concept isn't bad. But there's just... There's a lot of work that needed to be done for it to really pop, for it to really work. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think just more character building. Um, Don't just make the characters all ridiculous because that's weird. And, and you're kind of introducing like these, you have these different things going on. And people doing these weird, just weird things that make no sense. There's a bit towards the end. And like there's, so there's a mention of a cannibal. And there's this big thing. They try and do this big crazy thing. I'm kind of thinking, okay. If, if this part of you was... As messed up. Like. You'd know. Like you would feel it. You know what I mean. It's a bit like. It didn't make any sense. It didn't make any sense. In in the kind of. Situation. What's happening. Especially when they're grabbing a bowl. (laughs) You know what I mean. They're grabbing a bowl. Like, I think that's a big giveaway. That's a big giveaway. It should have been. It really should have been. Come on. Come on. Jeez. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know, man. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I think this show is probably, like, people, if you're a fan of Lost, yeah, you, you probably will enjoy this. I hated Lost. I just hated Lost. It was so bad. But yeah, I would say if you're a fan of Lost, you'll probably be down with this. Um, I I did. I know a friend of mine was talking about this show called um, The Three Percent. Uh so yeah, if you're a fan of that, I think you'll be a you'll enjoy this too. But um. Yeah, I was like, eh, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sold. Um. So yeah, I don't know, man. Is it? Yeah, as I say, look, it's an interesting concept, but there's, there's a lot of issues. There's a lot of issues going on that make no sense, no sense whatsoever. You know, and even yeah, towards the end, there's 
stuff that gets kind of dropped, that doesn't make, you know, because the thing that happens, it's a bit like, why would that even get covered? You, you don't even have to cover it up because, like, fingerprints and everything. You know what I mean? Uh, there's a lot. There's a lot that's just like, really? What? What? And then in the also, the big kind of 39-step thing. The reveal of that is a bit like, unless that is a thing, that it is always 39. If that's a known fact, then fine, fine. Otherwise, who's going to get that? That's the question. Who's going to actually get that? I don't fucking know. Right? I don't know. But, uh, yeah. Look, you, you may be all on this. You know what I mean? This could be you. As I said, look, if you're a fan of um, Lost, if you're a fan of the 3%, stuff like this, then yeah, this could definitely be all of you. So check out the island. But uh, yeah, be warned. Like, it's seven episodes, so it's not anything crazy, you know? But uh. Yeah, that's all I got, people. It's on Netflix. So it's there. It's there. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Depends what kind of things you enjoy. But let's move on, right? Let's get to um, this week's book review. Okay, so this week I'm uh, reading Caliban's War, which is book two in James A. S. A. Corey's the Expanse series, and it's read again by Jefferson Mays. Okay, so the gist of the book is this: for someone who didn't intend to wreck the solar system's fragile balance of power, Jim Holden did a pretty good job of it. While Earth and Mars have stopped shooting each other, the core alliance is shattered. The outer planet. The outer planets and the belt are uncertain in their new possible temporary autonomy. Then, on one of Jupiter's moons, a single super soldier attacks, slaughtering soldiers of Earth and Mars indiscriminately and reigniting the war. The race is on to discover whether this is the vanguard of an alien army or if the danger lies closer to home. So this book, like it starts off a bit like, huh? What, what, like, what is this? But it then kind of picks up from the fallout from the first book, Leviathan Wakes. And then you realise the beginning is um, the kind of catalyst for these new events, essentially. And it all plays out, you know what I mean? It's 
good and I think one of the things that I do like about it and it's you don't always get this but it's really playing out of the fallout from the first book so you know it's it's a bit like you know we have the events in the first book that are kind of dealt with more or less but this it's kind of like look you can't leave things because obviously there would be more to it you mean there's definitely going to be more players involved there's other ramifications that would come from something of this scope and so this yeah this picks up from that and that's a big thing that I like because yeah it does look at all those all those little nuances you know I mean just all the things that yeah logically would play from you know all the craziness from the first book and that's great because you don't always get that so yeah that's a big plus here and um I think the story it kind of it makes it definitely makes sense when it's all starts to um you know I mean play out and unravel and you're like ah okay and it makes a whole lot because obviously that would happen you know what I mean is it's like no one wants to feel powerless so that definitely would happen so that's great you know I like the I like things that you know what I mean just kind of look to look to move in that herky-jerky non-linear way that life just does you know so that that's always a plus and also another thing that is good is the way that the the events from the first book affect the characters so you mean it's like we're seeing this toll on Holden and now we're seeing Amos be affected by these new kind of these new things that are playing out so that's all good like I think some things are definitely predictable you know what I mean? I guess with the pra- the pra- uh, Prax character, that's kind of like, okay, right, yeah, no, I see that, yeah, and that, mm, alright, I get it. But even with the predictability of his character and storyline, I did, I was fine with the way that, um, you know, Holden kind of deals with it as it, you know, as it plays out, you know, it it's just like, he doesn't get full carte blanche of things, so that, you know, you can get behind that, you're like, okay, that's fine, that's fine, yeah, one thing that was kind of frustrating was, I guess, um, Chris, um, uh, what? How do you pronounce his name? 
Christian um, Avasavala. Like her character, it, it gets irritating. And I guess it gets irritating because, like, no one just says, shut the fuck up. You know, because I've worked with someone like that that thinks that they can just say whatever. And I've definitely, you know what I mean, had people that are just like, oh, yeah, they're just like that. Just, but then there's other people that are just like, no. That's not acceptable. It's not acceptable. They can shut the fuck up. But no one was like, they can shut the fuck up. You know, they. you had Bobby Draper kind of, like, say a couple of things here and there. But it, it wasn't a lot, you know? And, yeah. So it, it just got it just got kind of tiring after a while. A whole kind of schvick. But um you know, it's it's fine I guess. It's fine. Like it didn't like destroy the book or anything like that. You know what I mean? So yeah, that was fine. Um The end was very interesting. You know what I mean? Just having yeah, this certain thing happened, you're just like, oh, now that's in, like, it was definitely, uh, yeah, you got to kind of pick up the third book now, so, a little cheeky, I, I, I would say, you know what I mean, a little bit cheeky, but, I think you were always going to pick up, like, if you were enjoying the book anyway, up until that point, you were always going to pick up um, Abaddon's Gate, the third book, anyway. You know, so it, it, it's not really a big kind of like, oh, you know, because you were there anyway. But yeah, I think there were enough turns and and little divergences in this book that, Keep it interesting. Like the storyline, although, as I said, look, some parts are predictable. There's enough that does kind of be like, okay, that's interesting. That keeps it fresh. And the way that the characters are reacting from the fallout from the first book, that's good. You know? And... I think uh, some of them get called on their shit at just the right time. Do you know what I mean? Because I think people can only go on in a certain way for so long without becoming irritating. But I feel that, yeah, the characters get called on their shit at the right moment. So you're just not like, ugh, god damn it. So, yeah, that's good. And I, I'd say, yeah, if you enjoyed Leviathan Wakes, you'll enjoy Caliban's War, you know. And look, as I just mentioned, you'll definitely be going for book three, Abaddon's Game. Because it's, in, it's all interesting. It's all intriguing. 
and then with you know with that little thing that gets thrown up at the very end yeah you you'll want to see how that plays into things for sure so all in all this is a decent book i think leviathan wakes is i did probably enjoy a bit more but caliban's war is it's a sturdy book you know what i mean it, it it's not terrible it's probably it's better than average not not as great as the first book though but still highly enjoyable so yeah if you enjoyed leviathan's wake you'll enjoy this um good narration you know what i mean so um yeah go check it on audible now or you know you might want to just go in waterstones best by you know a place like that and just get the physical book or you can always get the kindle version whatever floats your boats people but yeah that is caliban's war the second book in the expanse series okay people so we're getting to the end of another episode so um let's hear a little news before we bounce so with all the streaming services you know announcing their launches and everything like that everyone is clamoring for exclusive content um and warner media has just paid around 600 million dollars to be the exclusive holder of the Big Bang Theory, which, yeah, that's a lot of friggin' money, man, you know what I mean, that's a lot of money, kind of makes sense, though, because, like, HBO had that from the giddies, so, you know, they, they get that, but, um, you know, other other news is kind of interesting so um comcast they've they've, they're talking about their new service called the peacock um and yeah they're like they're doing a battlestar galactica series don't really care about that because yeah i'm just never really a never really a fan but they will be also showing like the office parks and rec and they're really looking to um relaunch the office which yeah i don't know if we need that but that's what they want to do um what i think is really interesting though um so netflix have got the exclusive rights to seinfeld so um yeah that's kind of cool seinfeld is great i I enjoy that so um yeah um ah some news that's a bit sad but i'm not kind of surprised so a while back Man, it was probably about, I don't know, five years ago, Showtime signed a deal with um, Lionsgate and Patrick Rothfuss to make a series about his um, 
King's Killer Chronicles. Uh, so the series was meant to be set before the first book. So it was a lead-in to the books, and then there was gonna, it was one of those deals that was going to be TV series, films. That's this all-inclusive kind of situation. Um, Lin Manuel Miranda was um, on board to do, um, you know, like showrunner, the music, and all of that business. But yeah, so that's not happening. But yeah, the, the, I, I think they're gonna try and ship it around. So I'm hoping that gets picked up. But I'm really hoping Patrick writes the last book. Because that's what we actually need him to finish the actual books. Um, also, word is that the, um, the planned uh, New Warriors. TV series based on the Marvel comic that's no longer happening at Freeform so they're um, shipping that around I mean yeah, you know that might end up at Hulu or Disney Plus who knows right um, also Alexandra Skargard has signed up to play Richard Flagg in CBS All Access's current um, adaptation of Stephen King's The Stand. So, um, yeah, I don't know, man. Um, Whoopi Goldberg is also, she's joined the cast as Mother Abigail. Um, James Marsden is playing Stu Redman. So, um, yeah, I, I remember seeing a, a, a TV series of this a uh, long ass time ago and it was bad. So, uh, we'll see what happens with this. Um, I think it's meant to be 10 episodes. So, um, we will, we will see what happens with that. No word when it will actually be, um, hitting. Um, so, uh, another Disney Plus series has, um, set its cast, uh, so they're making a, a TV series called Safety, which is based on the true story of Ray Ray McElfrey, um, and it follows a freshman football player, uh, for Clemens University um, who secretly is raising his 11 year old brother on campus because their mum is dealing with a lot of addiction issues uh, so um, Jay Reeves Thaddeus J. Mixon and Corin Fox have all signed on to play um, the three lead roles in that. Um, also, so another Game of Thrones prequel series has been announced. Um, this one is um, 
It's based on George R.R. Martin's Fire and Blood history book and it's set three centuries before the events of Game of Thrones. So it's like the beginning of the end of House Targaryen. So it kind of um, relays all of that. So I know, could be interesting. But I kind of feel a lot of people are probably more interested in a lot of the characters that we have seen. But, you know, we'll see if any of this stuff has picked up. Uh, something that's really interesting, um, and our last bit of news, HBO is making a TV series of Americania which is um it was a book by Chimanda Ngezi Ichabi um and it's a great book it's really interesting um so Lupita Nyong'o and Danny Guerrera have both um signed on to this and it's being um yeah produced by Plan B Entertainment uh, so the story is um, about if uh, if Emily, a young, beautiful, self-assured woman raised in Nigeria, who as a teenager falls in love with her classmate Bubinzi, uh, living in a military-ruled country, they each depart for the West with Ifememlu heading for America where despite her academic success she is forced to grapple for the first time with what it means to be black. Um, quiet football, Ebenzi had hoped to join her but with post 9-11 America close to him he's instead plunges into a dangerous undocumented life in London. So, um, yeah, I really enjoyed the book. So, I'm um, looking forward to this TV series. Um, no word when it will hit, but yeah, looking forward to that one. But yes, people, that is us for another week. We will be back next Wednesday. So, um, yeah, keep it easy and I'll see you then. Peace.